Well, hello, everyone, and God bless you, and welcome to the Robin Walters Show, where we have so much to share with you today. I'm, I'm going to start right out with the title of this program, and it is, Will Hell Break Loose on November 9th? And I, I, I'm going to go right into this right away today, because I have these concerns and they're not the concerns that you're hearing over certainly the mainstream media, but even Fox or Newsmax. And I'm going to call on history to inform us today, recent history. In fact, as they say, you know, those who refuse to learn from history are bound to repeat it or something to that effect. But will hell break loose on November 9th? And, and you're thinking... Well, yes, it will if the Republicans take the House and the Senate. Uh, because the Democrats, I mean, there will be violence in the street, what have you, and all those kinds of things. And it's just really time for people to get armed and defend their property themselves and not worry about the casualties on the other side if their life is in danger. And do what's reasonably necessary to protect their property. That's the concern everybody seems to have on the right. I think that that's a given to some extent because we know how violent the left is. I mean, goodness sakes, they, they, the, a crowd moved in. Uh, I forgot what university it was just the other day with Turney Point with Charlie Kirk. Uh, we're having a rally of some sort on some campus, and they came in, and protesters just started beating up people. It was more than the campus police could handle, so they canceled it. We know the left is violent. They're the party of death. They're the party of abuse. They're the party of lies, deceit, death, and destruction. Pretty much what describes the devil is what describes the Democrat party. That's why I call them Democrats. But interestingly, that is not my main concern if the Democrats lose. I know that's going to happen. Police departments can live through it again. Why? If, if they're going to do nothing and let people just trash the cities, then just let the cities go to trash. Eventually, the light will come on. Eventually, they'll vote Republican. I mean, when people say, oh, gosh, can you believe it? Joe Biden's uh, support has dropped to 36%. I can't believe there's 36% that still support him. When they say, can you believe it, that that support among blacks for Republicans has risen to 21%, I can't believe 79% still support Democrats. When they say that support for Republicans has risen among Hispanics to 40%, I think that's great, but I still can't believe 60% of Hispanics still vote for them. I can't believe 18% of the people who watched the debate between Oz and Fetterman, believed Fetterman won the debate. I mean, unless 
being catatonic all over the world, talking like a, kind of a drunk sailor. I understand he's got he's got functional issues with which I can sympathize. I can't empathize. I've never had a stroke. But that 18% of the people still think Fetterman won the debate. This is why we are in trouble. When somebody that cannot form a coherent sentence contradicts himself, still thinks that he's the winner, well, that tells you what those people are like. Now, why will hell break loose on November 9th if the Republicans win? Particularly, they take both houses. But maybe even just one house uh, and they take it convincingly, but certainly if two. Because Joe Biden just became a lame duck president, in essence. He can't do anything until 2024. Lame duck for a couple of years. But I want to take you back to a point in time to show you what happens when you have an incredibly incompetent ignoramus in the White House. This was Obama 1.0, Joe Biden is Obama 2.0. Except, but, but Biden, oh, Biden is worse. He's more evil. He's certainly less intelligent. He's more controlled by others. That we all know. What happened after the election in 2008, the Tea Party revolt? What did we get in January of 2009 just before the new Congress was sworn in. We got Obamacare. The Democrats knew their time was short, as the devil does, had to do their work in a record amount of time, and between the election and the swearing-in on January 20th, 2009, and it was early, what, January 8th, I think, or something, they finally got Obamacare passed, the famous Nancy Pelosi thing. we got to hurry up and pass this so we can read it. Nancy Pelosi, you know, I'm personally, I'm actually glad their house got broken into. About her husband getting beaten up, no, not so much. But I, I'm glad they're crime victims. If somebody's going to be a victim, I'm glad the Pelosi's are. And their tiny little Palisade whatever neighborhood in Friscoitis, they deserve it. That which they have instigated, fueled, funneled, and encouraged, they need to be the victim of their own machinations. So personally, I'm glad they got broken into. Not that he got beaten up, but I want them to feel vulnerable from people on the street. Well, anyway, Obamacare passed in that brief window. And an interesting thing, uh, two years ago, I was up on Mackinac Island, and there was a uh, kind of a little town hall of sorts being held at the Mackinac Island Yacht Club, which to which I don't belong, never have, never will probably, don't see any reason why I'm not on that island. But anyway... I was there that day, and Mr. Bart Stupak, also known as Bart Stupid, also known as Bart Simpson, was the representative, a Democrat, from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, who was the last one Obama had to win over to get Obamacare passed in the House. 
and Bart Stupid fell for it. Well, he was there with another Democrat speaking very nicely to a very polite crowd, uh, stating why he believed Joe Biden would beat Donald Trump in 2020. Of course, he never mentioned election theft. He never mentioned electoral robbery. He never mentioned cheating and lying and all the things that Democrats do so well. So maybe that's why he was predicting it, because the common sense world wouldn't tell you that it was impossible. I want to tell you, I do not regret what I did. And now Stupak retired the minute after his horrendous <sighs> vote from hell compromise that he made. They took questions. I raised my hand. They recognized me. I stood up. And I ripped Bart Stupak to shreds. And this is what I said. For him functioning as a lame duck environment to voice something that was not the will of the people on the people. And I said to Bart Simpson, a.k.a. Bart Stupid, who sounded like an intelligent guy, he's a big, tall guy, I said to him, I said, Mr. Stupak, I have no respect for you. And I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, the benefit of the doubt to say that somewhere within you is a righteous component. But I want to tell you biblically why I have no respect, nor anyone here should have any respect, nor anyone anywhere ever again should have any respect for you. Now, at that point, obviously you could have heard a pin drop, and we were outside. That's how still it was. He didn't say anything because he hadn't heard what I said yet. Really. I said there's a Bible verse that says when a righteous person falls, fails, compromises before the king, before the powers that be, i.e. you, Mr. Stupak. That man is like a murky spring and a muddy water. A murky spring that's dirty enough that no one dares to ever drink from it again. And a muddy water so muddy that you cannot see bottom, meaning you do not dare to step into the stream because you have no idea where your foot will land. Is it going to go on a sharp rock? Is it going to go on a piece of sand six inches below? Or have you stepped into a four-foot hole? In other words, no one on shore can drink or step into the water ever again because they can't trust the water. Mr. Stupak, no one will ever trust you again, except those that are of your ilk, because of what you did. And interestingly, he didn't comment because he could not. They moved on after a few moments of painful silence to another question, because I had no question. I just had a comment. And I approached him briefly afterwards. Now, Mackinac Island, there are no cars. Everybody has to walk, take a horse, or ride a bike, kind of part of the magic of the island. So he had his bike. And afterwards, he was escaping to his bike rather quickly, and I approached him, and he saw me, and he jumped on his bike, and he took off as fast as he can. Now, his little political henchman that he had with him, I brought up all the issues with him. 
and he could not disagree with one single thing that I said. So one voice stuffed a cork in that traitor's mouth. But the point being here ultimately is, who are going to be the traitors? If the Republicans take the House and the Republicans take the Senate, but if they even take one of them convincingly, and Nancy, drunk on power, Pelosi is no longer the Speaker of the House. She can no longer be quite as stupid in public. She can still be as drunk and stupid in public because she's hammered all the time. What happens when they know that they only have two months to do the devil's work? Mark my words. You will see legislation proposed and maybe very likely possibly passed that will make Obamacare look like child's play. It'll make Obamacare look like the minutes being read from the last Rotary meeting. It'll look like a nothing burger compared to what will come out of this demon-possessed party that presently has control here in the United States. And then the question becomes, who's the next Bart stupid? Who are the next Bart stupids, plural? How many will it take to win over to a piece of legislation? Because you see, the Democratic majority is does not exist in the Senate except for um, Camel, uh, listen to me, cackle like a hyena, Harris. Um, if she break, she passes a tie-breaking vote, it's not that great in the House. How many of those will be concerned after having seen a shellacking about their own political derriere, having just survived an election, maybe by a hair's breadth, thinking, I don't dare to vote for this political nonsense, the imposing legislative imposition of Roe v. Wade or gender transition crapola, which uh, the the child abuser-in-chief, Joe Biden, he's a child abuser from his personal fondling of young girls to his pushing for all the queer and gender transitioning crap Who will not want to side with them because their political fortunes are at risk? Their political tush is going going to be exposed like Bart Stupak. And what will it take? What gifts will it take to win them over? Like the uh, one over what? Mary, what was it, Landry? They call it the Louisiana Purchase. They had to buy her off to pass Obamacare. And now we're stuck with a piece of crap we can't get rid of. And they knew we couldn't get rid of it once it passed. It's too hard to get rid of. It's much easier. Let me make this analogy. It is much, much easier to keep a bad tenant out than to get rid of a bad tenant. You just got to say no to the bad tenant. Say no to the legislation. But it takes a legal procedure to get rid of a bad tenant, just like it would take a legal procedure, Herculean task, if you will, to get rid of bad legislation. Now, all I can hope for 
is that the Republicans would win so many Senate seats, which seems impossible, and so many House seats that they simply impeach Joe Biden once, twice, three, four times, then uh, impeach Harris, and then impeach Pelosi, and just move right on down the line, bring out the sword, take those suckers off at the knees with a rusty knife. But please, mark my words, this is what's going to happen if the Republicans take one house convincingly and certainly both houses. You will see the legislation from hell. And if it passes, I'm going to be ticked off at Oklahoma, Texas, South Dakota, Arizona, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, Kentucky, Tennessee, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, West Virginia, Iowa, Missouri, if they don't get up and leave the Union. And you're going to think this strange, and maybe it is, but I want to quote Hillary Clinton as evidence of the point that I'm making. Hillary Clinton came out the other day and said that the right-wing extremists must be crushed because they have plans to steal the election in 2024, end quote. So Hillary, seriously, the she's the worst case of projecting. Projecting is when your life is full of sins, misdeeds, failures, lies, you name it, everything that comprises Hillary Clinton. But you try to deal with your own grave failings by projecting, by putting that on someone else and targeting them to say that, to say about them, which only and exclusively and explicitly and accurately describes you. That is projection or projecting. This is what she's doing. She's The only thing she really regrets about 2016, the only thing, is that she did not try and work harder to steal an election. And why didn't she? Because everybody thought she had it sewn up, including Hillary, until the last couple days, at which time she got worried. She got concerned. She got very worried and very concerned. And that's what she regrets. Why did I do not do more to try to steal the election? So, why would she say we need to crush the right-wing extremism because in 2024 they will steal the election? Why would she say that if she didn't think that there wouldn't be a significant Republican victory? I don't know that there will be. I'm not telling you that I think the Republicans are going to hit a grand slam in the House and or the Senate. <clears throat> because as long as there are cheaters and liars and schemers and deceivers on the other side, nothing is guaranteed. I was one of the few people who did not think that Donald Trump was a shoe-in for 2020. Now, I don't, I'm not up there with all the other heavyweights, the other heavyweights as though I am. I'm a lightweight compared to them. 
But I was very open that I, when I said, I am not convinced Trump will win the election. And it turned out that I was correct. And the only reason that I was correct was because I absolutely know what Democrats do. They're like the devil. They came to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, they did steal. So now they're moving on to killing and destroying after having stolen election. They want to kill and destroy and subjugate and suppress every political opponent that exists. But Hillary's worried that there will be this grand sweep into power, and that will somehow facilitate stealing the election It's in 2024. In other words, it's somehow going to facilitate Republicans having a chance and opportunity to do the very thing that the Democrats did in 2020. Now, how utterly preposterous, ridiculous, deceptive, disingenuous this statement is by her. I need to remind you, Hillary, though she doesn't need to be reminded, she knows it very well because she helped put it together, that the White House is Democrat. The current House is Democrat. The Senate is Democrat. All the universities are Democrat and woke onto Democrat crapola. All the universities, all of the media, all of big tech, all of the counties that control the election process, all the federal agencies from the De Department of Injustice to the federal batch of incompetence, the FBI, the, you, the, like I read you last week from the Environmental Protection, every single federal agency has been weaponized against conservatives. The White House is weaponized against conservatives. The House and the Senate are anti-conservative, anti-patriot, anti-American. The corporations have gone woke. They're anti-American. They're pro-China. Go right on down the line. What single segment of the entire United States is conservatively driven? Christians. And some non-Christians that have got brains and they can smell the flowers and they can smell the coffee and every other thing that you want to smell, they can smell. They can also smell executive odors. Like the debt forgiveness thing, which he had no power to do. But that's that's it. Every institutional power that there is, and even in the church, there's a lot of churches that are so stupid, so warped, and so gutless, feckless eunuchs in black robes preaching from a pulpit that they support O'Biden. So let me ask you, Hillary, you piece of crap. I'm sorry. I have. I despise this woman. She's a Jezebel. The only way you could do pay respect to Hillary Clinton is to also have paid respect to Jezebel. And there is only one time anybody ever paid her respect. And that was at the burial because she was a queen's. She was a queen who was a, there was a queen. I was it. The daughter of a king from another country. That was the only reason they paid her respect was the burial. Nothing else. Nothing during life. 
So if the Lord takes Hillary out, go give her the burial that uh, she won't be able to see from the pits of hell. Say, oh, you're judging her. Well, you know, you know a tree by its fruit, do you not? What fruit has she ever produced that's the least bit righteous? She, do you think Jezebel's in heaven? No, whatever. Anyway, so for I'm just got to finish this up with Hillary though. But for her to say that the Republicans are going to steal the election in 2024, I would ask this question: How does the common workaday woman and man like you, like me, how do we go about stealing elections? when the only ones that are for righteousness stand in the populace and a few places of leadership like the governor of Florida and Texas and Cary Lake and Arizona. How do we, t- how do we steal anything? The analogy is this. this I, I think this is a good analogy. This is like a thief who parks a car that the thief just stole. So the thief is driving and parking a stolen car and is worried that someone else will come along and steal it. In other words, the thief is afraid that others will do unto him as he has done unto others. To kind of flip a scriptural passage around. He's worried. I've stolen it. We can't let them do to us what we did to them. Oh, my gosh, what if they learn some of our tactics? What if we stuff ballot boxes at 2 a.m. and it's on videotape like it shows in 2000 and Mules? And if you still think that this election wasn't stolen, you need to just shut up until you watch 2000 Mules. And if you aren't convinced then, then you're part of that 18% that still thinks that John Fetterman won the debate. So, I don't watch The View. Can't stand it. I can't stand I can't. I don't even like the Christian woman on there. I'm sorry. I just don't. So Joy Behar, in a defense, this is what they do. They can't defend Fetterman because they can't. Then they just pick conservatives to target. They won't can't defend Fetterman. Poor guy. Victim of wife abuse. Media abuse. Democratic National Committee abuse, Pennsylvania Democratic Party abuse. My goodness, it's awful. So she can't defend him. Nobody can defend him. And they can't defend the people that put him up to it. So what do they do? They pick. She picks on Herschel Walker. And she said, well, how do we know that Herschel Walker, because of what he said, blah, 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 he said something somewhere, I don't even know what it was, that he didn't have a stroke, as though you have to go out and prove you didn't have a stroke when everyone knows that you did because we know Fetterman did. Obviously, Herschel Walker did not. She's trying to deflect by picking on one comment that maybe didn't make sense. I don't even know what it was. But it's one comment. It's not a stream of non cognizant communication. So if she's going to say that, then I guess what I'd have to say, well, joy, joy, baby, how do we know that just before you came on the air, based on the stupidity of your comments, that you didn't just have a stroke? And why don't, and, 
And how do we know that all the people who cheered your comment on The View also didn't have strokes because they are so stupid and that they are cheering your stupidity? How do we know they didn't have strokes? How do we know that Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Cami Harris, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, Adam Schiff, who looks remarkably like Don Knotts, I might add, how do we know that they all haven't had strokes, multiple strokes, mini strokes, TIAs? Do you see where this is going? When the left cannot defend itself, all they can do, they're trapped like rats. Or as Gary Larson said in one of my favorite cartoons, one rat saying to the other, he said, are trapped like rodentia. Oh, God, that guy cracks me up. But this is where we are. This is the projection that they use. They can't defend themselves. They know they're lying. They know they're cheating. They know they're stealing. And what do they have to do? They have to come out and attack others for all of their own sins, projecting into the discourse, into the communication, into the media, that which they themselves are guilty of, so they don't have to answer their own questions. The question is, how can you defend Fetterman? They just ignore it because they know that they have the other pimps and other prostitutes known as the mainstream media will never, ever hold them to task. In journalism today, prostitution is fully legal. We'll be right back. The Robin Walter Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. Call me irresponsible. Call me unreliable. Throw in undependable too. We are back. And who says I don't have diversity on this program? (laughs) I got songs from the 60s. I got a little bit of hard rock I play. I got some country music I play. I got some deep down south soul that I love and uh, from my record collection. And I even got Bobby Darin singing Call Me Irresponsible. Ah, I love the song. Well, anyway, people think, and they have said this, that inflation is our biggest problem. Now, is inflation an issue? Absolutely is it an issue. And as I've mentioned before, Bill Clinton said something that was very true and very incorrect at the same time. 
he would say it's about the economy, stupid. Well, he would say that anybody who, what he was saying is, for anybody who thought it was about something other than the economy, that person was stupid, right? Hey, I use the word, I guess he can say it too. But it really isn't. The fact is the morality of a country drives the economy. And if the morality is bad, the economy will be bad. Every time Israel went south morally, it went south economically. We have gone south under Joe Biden because he's morally incompetent, as are all the others that are shaping and forming policy in his regime. Now, the fact is, why Clinton was both right and wrong is most people do think that the economy is the most important thing. If we got things right in the government and a godly government, we wouldn't have the inflation. We'd have fair wages. We'd have prosperity. And the morality would produce that. But most people aren't Christian. Not to the point of, rec certainly not to the point of recognizing that truth. That yes, inflation will drive the voting process for a bunch of people. And that's fine. If that's what it takes to get the Democrats out of office, I don't really care why they vote Republican. It's not really the reason we're in trouble. The problem goes deeper than that. But I want to share something why there's such a distancing and detachment by the Democrats from the issue of inflation. And you know, in fact, there are two reasons. The two reasons. Uh, the first one is obvious. It's only going to be the only one I shared, really. And that is that they can't talk about it. They can't talk about it unless they also get into the projection that I was talking about, where everything that's going wrong now, they blame on Donald Trump or the Republicans or Vladimir Putin or who knows who, anybody but the Democrats. So the, the point here is that if you don't have a winning issue, you don't talk about that issue. Simple. You avoid it. You play what we played in gym in junior high, dodgeball. You just don't want to get hit. You get hit, you're out. Politicians know that. They get hit on issues that they cannot defend, but they've actually been part of it. They're out of the game. Go to the sidelines, you punks. But there's a second reason that seems to have escaped everybody, even in conservative media, why the Democrats in power do not want to deal and touch on inflation. And here's why. It's because they personally are not impacted. They're not. Do you think inflation really touches Joe Biden, who's been a government hack for four decades, eating nothing but government-paid lunches, enjoying a government salary, and, and free government health care? What does inflation do? Do you think he pays for his own gas? Heck no. And move right on down the line to Pelosi and Chuck E. Cheese Schumer and Cammie Harris.
Democrats, the fact is, politicians as a whole. I mean, Republicans are touching on it because it is a viable campaign issue. But the Democrats won't, and part of it is because they have no personal affliction under the woes of inflation. The fact is, there's Social Security checks are going to go up by a record amount. Because they don't pay for their health care. Forget that. They aren't buying most of their food. They're having free meals at Congress or on an expense account with housing allowances. It's a cush life. I would suggest and encourage that a Republican Congress should take the opportunity to strip themselves and everybody of all the government benefits that they enjoy. You see, the reason that they aren't touched by it is because they're no longer public servants. They're the public masters. They are the elite. They aren't part of the common folk like you and me. No. They aren't the ones that have to go pay for groceries that are, goodness sakes, I can't remember what I bought the other day that was 50% higher than it was last year. I do a fair amount of grocery shopping in our household. I'm also a math guy. I remember numbers. I compile. I can. I don't need the calculator. By and large, I know what I'm going to pay when I get to the cash register. Let's say I got 40 items, and I don't have 40. But if I got a half a dozen or so, I know what it is in my head to the nearest quarter. Maybe it's an affliction. Maybe it's a gift. You be the judge. The point is, I know the prices. And when they say that inflation went from 8.2% to 12.9%, that has to be an average because there are a few things that haven't gone up. A few things. I saw a cherry pie at Myers that was $9.99, and it was that price last year. God bless you guys. Now, maybe the cherry pie is a half an inch smaller. It might be. I don't know. I bought donuts, $8.99 a dozen. Same price for all these grandkids I got. Guess what? It was eight ninety nine last year. So some things haven't gone, but there's some things that have gone up fifty and seventy five percent. I don't even buy yogurt anymore. Gosh, it went up fifty forty five percent. I know because I'm not on a government paycheck I, that has all this other cush stuff. Cadillac healthcare meals catered delivered while they're serving, and why do we treat them like gods? When they're not. Why do we let them get away with that? Like pigs, just with their head in the trough, government trough, sucking up taxpayer dollars for years on end. Oh, boy. This is what happens when we forget godly principles. It is when... when the people forget God. I mean, God has been almost removed from our culture. That's why we have the tyranny. And in fact, one of my favorite quotes, you ought to write this down. In fact, you know what? I think I'm going to get a T-shirt with this on. It said it was, um, it's when the people forget God that tyrants forge their chains. It's when the people forget God that tyrants forge their chains. Thank you, Patrick 
Henry. You see, you see why the left, which owns government schools, I mean, what is it that the left doesn't own? This is why this, the nonsense of Hillary's statement that the, the Republicans are planning to steal the election. How do you steal a car from a thief that already stole it? When you don't have any, well, forget that. I've gone into that far enough. But this is why the left so badly has conspired and has successfully achieved the complete takeover of government schools. Why? Because if the kids actually learn history, they would have been able to read in their books that when the people forget God, the tyrants forge their chains. You see, the left wing, the left wing nuts, which are called teachers. I mean, there's some good teachers. They're in the minority. I think they. I think they are. There are some good ones, and maybe they're a substantial number. But they certainly aren't controlling things. When the ones who are controlling the printing of the textbooks, the distribution, the purchasing of the textbooks, they're on the left. It's why there's such a fight for state school boards in states like Florida and Texas, because the state school board buys the textbooks. But when those textbooks omit God, and they also omit being able to read what Patrick Henry said, which would immediately call into question the complete exclusion of God at all and any levels in the government schools, then they would say, oh my gosh, you know, we never talk about in school. Does this mean that tyrants are going to forge our chains? The answer to an attuned junior high student and up should be yes. Okay. Well, so... I know this has been covered in the news, but I got to touch on it because, like I said, I don't rehash things that I hear, whether it's Newsmack, whether Tucker Carlson, whether it's Sean Hannity. Most of the listening audience to the Robin Walters show listens to those other programs. So, unless I have something they haven't covered, or I have a twist on something that they've covered, but they've missed something, or there is a biblical application which doesn't show up even on those news shows, I I don't cover it. But there is something here that, and if it's been covered, I apologize, but I'm going to share it. So Biden, the other day, in mental faux pas, in his mental and spiritual incompetence on full display, commits gaffe number 457, you realize how many how many times we could impeach this guy? How many causes? Well, anyway, you know, it comes out, and he says that he signed law uh, that uh, that's about student debt release. Well, really, is I signed a law transferring the student debt to taxpayers? Didn't say that, but that's what it is. And of course, it's unconstitutional because it amounts to an increase in the national debt, which can only be accomplished by spending through a budgetary process, which is the exclusive province of originating in the House of Representatives. 
So he's absolutely wrong. Plus, he's a profligate liar, like Hillary is. He lies out of every orifice of his body, from his nose to his rear end. But he wouldn't recognize the Constitution if he read it, if he came across it in a law library. You know, I got to digress a minute. I think there needs to be a requirement before anybody who wins a congressional office. They have to pass a test showing a, a elementary comprehension of the U.S. Constitution. Right? We don't. We don't need to have the Constitution redone. We just need the Constitution reread and understood. So anyway, Biden goes off on one of his uh, zany, loony <clears throat> digressions about signing a law transferring student debt to the taxpayers. He says, I saw, signed a law to cancel student loan debt and I got it. I got it passed by a vote or two. I mean, the stupidity here. It's no wonder the mainstream media can't cover him because uh, they might as well just call off the election and give it to all the Republicans. But this here's the reason I'm pointing this out. So we talked about the sad case of Fetterman, in and it was sad. I felt bad. Look, I couldn't disagree more with that guy about absolutely everything. He's wrong on everything. Fetterman is a democrat. But the idea of propping him up there when he's obviously disabled in a way that leaves him unfit for office. Look, there's a lot of things you can do with a whole bunch of disabilities, but a mental disability is not one of them that enables you to be in the Senate. Sorry. Much less the presidency or the vice presidency, for that matter. But I want you to compare something. Everybody is running to Fetterman's defense. See, they can't, they can ignore Biden to a certain degree and the fact that he's mentally incompetent. Fetterman is not competent because he's stupid. He's not competent because the brain isn't working right. But does anybody on the left suggest that he is not fit for office? I want to go back a few years. Does anybody suggest Joe Biden is not fit for office? And yet, this is the disingenuity, the lying, the deceptiveness, the pit of hellness, if I can use that phrase, of the Democrat Party. When everybody in the mainstream media suggested that when Donald Trump slipped coming down a rampway with leather-soled shoes, he slipped a little bit and had to grab himself, suddenly it was mainstream news that Donald Trump might be incompetent and we need to pull out the consider the Fifth Amendment to remove him from office because he obviously has some issues because he slipped on the ramp. And look at how these pimps and whores have since covered for Biden by ignoring him and not and keeping him off the air as much as possible. And Fetterman. I mean, it is just it's just sick. I want to quote Jonathan Turley. 
He said, I, he's a law professor, a good guy. I think he's at the, um, I want to say he's at Notre Dame, and I could be wrong. But uh, I guess you got to get to a Catholic law school before you can have conservative law professors even remain on faculty. Unless you go to my alma mater, Regent University. Um, and I went to a Catholic um, school for an additional law degree, University of San Diego, where um, I was treated fairly. But he said, Turley said of Biden's bragging about signing a law that it was passed by a vote of two or two. He's, Turley says, quote, that boast is particularly embarrassing because the administration is in court claiming that he did not need to get congressional approval for the plan, end quote. This is, from a lawyer's perspective, which I am hilarious, because a lawsuit has been filed that said that the president did not have the authority, which he clearly does not, to forgive student debt. He does not have the authority. Only Congress can do that. And then Biden's own lawyers are in court contending that, no, you don't need congressional approval when Joey No Brains is out shooting off his mouth saying that he got it passed by a vote or two. Joey's out there saying he got congressional approval, a lie, when his own lawyers are in court saying he doesn't need congressional approval. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. You could not make this garbage up. But I can only hope that the left is gets so twisted in their underwear that they're feeling discomfort in certain parts of the body, and it turns into a circular firing squad, and they just start, rhetorically speaking, shooting each other. Because we just can't... How, how much more of this can we take? I like something that Marjorie Taylor Greene... I know she takes a lot of flack. Do you know her house has been swatted now six times? Six times people have called the cops contending that something criminal was going on at her house, which it wasn't. Total fabrication. They need to find the people who are doing the swatting. Lock them up for about 40 years unless they die first. If they die first, then let them out. That do this. Why they can't trace these calls, I will never know. Unless the police, the powers that be, are not on the side of true law enforcement. I don't know. But she has come up with a phrase that I like. The Democrats are the party of child abuse. Absolutely the party of child abuse. Joe Biden claims that one of his ideals for all of society is to provide transgender drugs, chemicals, and surgery, yes, for children. He said that just this last weekend. So, Marjorie Taylor Greene comes up with this, say this is a party of child abuse. Now, she's not going to get any press in the mainstream media, but I want to quote her. She said, quote, Joe Biden thinks it's wrong 
to stop the profit-driven medical industry from cutting breasts off 15-year-old girls and castrating teen boys before they are old enough to legally get a tattoo or a vote or to vote democrats are the party of child abuse and indeed they are she goes she and what did joe say joe says well i mean no state should be able to restrict this in my view so I feel very, very strongly that you should have every single solitary right, including use of your gender identity and gender identity bathrooms in public. So that's what he said. So Joey said, we need to, in healthcare, follow the science, right? Fauci says, follow the science. Schumer, Pelosi say, follow the science. Newsom say, follow the science. They all say that about COVID, but why don't they follow the the science when it comes to puberty and child and development? And if any child is suffering at all from gender dysphoria, it's a condition that almost invariably resolves itself as a child matures before, as Marjorie Taylor Greene says, you have to cut off their breasts and castrate the boys. Why don't they follow the science when it comes to gender ID? And I'll tell you why. It is because they are fueled, funneled, possessed by the devil himself. That's how bad the Democrat Party is. And then to go on, which they did, to give $20,000 a Biden administration for drag shows in Ecuador. And why? This is a State Department's comment here. So why did we give this? 20000 for drag shows in Ecuador. This is part of the State Department's, quote, public policy programs which aim to support national interests and security by, hang on to this phrase here, by influencing foreign publics and strengthening the relationship with the U.S. according to usaspending.gov. That's the, that was the quote from. So the State Department has come out and said the purpose of sending $20,000 to Ecuador for su- the support of drag queen programs and shows is to, quote, influence public policy. I'm, and I'm sorry, to influence foreign public policy. To influence foreign public policy. This is an administration that funds and takes pride in breaking all records in the export department. And because our, our number one export is sin. And it's gross sin. It's over-the-top sin. It's sin that we cannot escape judgment or the most crazy spanking this country has ever gotten. Worse than the Civil War. Even if Republicans overwhelmingly take the House and the Senate, we are in for a rough ride because we have allowed to eat for evil to reign 
supreme in this country for a period of time for which we will pay a price. Robin Walter encouraging you to sit tall in the saddle. America, remember, you ride for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you. See you next week.